0: Welcome to the Nerdaplexi Comic Movie Review Show. In this series, we are going to break down and analyze every comic movie released between 1989's Batman all the way to 2008's Iron Man. We are going to track the trends, hype the hits, and dunk on the duds, all in search of the perfect convergence of comics and cinema. Joining me on this epic journey is my longtime friend and frequent co-conspirator, Sam. I punish the guilty. So sit back, relax, and grab your skull daggers as we dive into The Punisher. Alright guys, this is one I am very excited for. I am a huge fan of the late 80s. Uh, early 90s action movie scene, and uh, the fact that I have never seen this one before, uh, watching for the pod, I think is a crime. Everybody needs to see this flick. Uh, Sam, have you ever seen this movie before?
1: I put it on my TV when I was in college, and I was drinking, and I didn't remember almost any of it. So this is basically my first viewing as well. Effectively. Effectively.
0: Well, now here on the Nerdoplexy comic movie review show, I like to try to maintain my, you know, my professionalism and look at each movie with a sense of detachment. But full disclosure, I cannot do it on this one. This this movie is so buck wild. This movie is a perfect time capsule of like the late 80s, early 90s. And I'm riding that nostalgia train right past impartiality, baby. And you went ahead and described every reason why I love this movie. Oh yeah, we got big hair, shoulder pads, (laughs) awful and amazing fashions, and 90s retro tech out the butt. And not to mention some of the best leotard work I've seen in years. My perspective on this one, I wanted to get the fresh out of the movie theater interview on the street with that one drunk yokel. That's me this time, guys. There's some good to be seen... But there is, I'll tell you, there's all kinds of things to be seen. This movie starts up, we get another instance of a title sequence. This one's starkly contrasted to the last one we saw, where we get a bunch of glow images of just general crimery. You have a couple of shots of Karate Guys and the Punisher. My favorite part of the whole thing had to be the very end, where you see a neon yellow cutout of the Punisher with a gun, and he... I guess, shoots a neon pink ninja, and then the picture of the ninja explodes. So even the pictures of the Punisher punish the guilty. This one uh, is pretty low budget. There's not a lot of cash to work with here, but I feel like they made the most out of what they had.
1: So low budget, they had to film it in Australia. Oh, yeah. I got to say, I absolutely loved the score of this movie.
0: I was kind of surprised that when the main credits were rolling and that theme was playing, I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is this is actually this is not bad. Okay, I'll listen to this again. So as the movie opens, we see what appears to be a newly acquitted crime boss of the Franco crime family leaving court, and he's mobbed by the press wondering if he is afraid of the Punisher. And he says... Now let me tell you something about this Punisher, whoever he is. If he ever shows up within 1,000 yards of meat, he'll find out what the word punished really means. To your point earlier, Sam, when he says, this is America in a street that is clearly not. I thought that was funny that, that after he
1: was acquitted for murder, the first thing that he does is uh, threaten to murder the Punisher.
0: Yeah, two reporters on the street. Speaking of time capsule stuff as well, I was immediately shook by The fashion on display in this movie, one of the reporters has neon green, huge shoulder wings, and her hair was perfect. I I was like struck. I'm like, okay, this is the kind of movie we're going to watch now. Yeah, most
1: of the budget went to Aquanet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You could tell these guys are having fun with this because I'm guessing they're all Australian guys, and they are doing the wildest versions of Italian accents, and it really just heightens everything to the absolute max. Their suits were looking pretty fresh, though. I will say that.
1: Also, quick note, uh, Giano Franco is a Dutch actor. Ooh. So that explains his Italian accent.
0: <laughs> we get a look at his place. Uh, we head back there immediately after he's acquitted. Uh, and smartly, I was actually really impressed by this. As soon as he gets home, he's like, all right, boy, it's time to party. But first, we got to check the place out. And he sends all of his goons, they all split up to search the individual parts of the drug mansion. You know, great planning aside, unfortunately, the Punisher is already there and he is waiting for them. He kills all the guys in an individual room. He kills, I think, three guys in pretty quick order. The first is, at first I thought this guy, this mob boss had a uh, mirror maze built into his mansion, but I believe it was just a giant walking closet.
1: Whenever he enters the uh, mansion is the first time you see his Punisher branded knives, but he doesn't wear the Punisher shirt. It's a real big sticking point with uh, the nerd community.
0: Yeah, that was a choice they made uh, in order to try to distance this movie from the source material, which is kind of crazy. And now everyone's trying to shoehorn in a comic franchise into everything, and here they're trying to get away from it. I saw a mention somewhere about a jumpsuit, so I think they were trying to get as far away from that. That being said, his outfit's pretty dope, but that is important to know because the only time we see a skull is on his knives that he throws into everybody's head he possibly can. So Punisher's doing Punisher stuff, punishing guilty, whatnot, kills a bunch of guys, and he kills all the last few right together in the same room, where I think the, the crime boss does a great bit of physical comedy. Because he walks back in with a, a tray of champagne to find all of his goons dead in front of him. And the way he dropped that tray and kind of looked in shock was a perfect comedy moment. The Punisher punishes the whole gang, kills the boss, and then blows up the house while he is still in the house. Actually, he blows it up two times while he's in the house, doing a very cool silhouette in a burning building for the press before blowing up the building even bigger the second time. Quick question,
1: if he had always intended on blowing up the building, why did he have to stealthily enter and kill everyone individually first?
0: <laughs> I guess after he killed them, he did a fair amount of sprinting around, placing charges. I don't know. All I can say is it's dope as hell. I guess I I can't argue with that. When the building blew up again, you can tell they really did it, and you can tell that they were not sure how big that explosion was going to be because... The reporters run away in fear, and I think that was genuine.
1: Yeah, that was very cool. And I guess to answer my own question is he blew up the mansion to mug for the reporters. It was effective.
0: (laughs) It works. Maybe he's just a perfectionist. He really wanted to make sure he got the job done right. It's all about making sure. Maybe he's OCD. You know, it's like at the end of the night, you're thinking like, oh, did I lock the front door? Is the oven off? Did I double tap that mafia boss? Just normal stuff everybody worries about. The next place we see our boy Frank is back at his underground sewer secret lair. And we get a quick tour as the camera flies through the sewer, twisting and turning while we hear an overture, a pretty cool overture of Punisher speaking with God, saying... Come on, God, answer me.
1: For years, I'm asking you why. Why are the innocent dead and the guilty alive? Where is justice? Where is punishment? Or have you already answered? Have you already said to the world, here is justice, here is punishment, here in
0: me? And then we get our very first look of a nude Frank Castle meditating in his junk layer, full of weapons.
1: The aptly named junk layer. <laughs>
0: yes! The
1: scene zooming through the sewers is really cool. And cinematography and whatever cameras on dollies they had to do, it was really cool looking.
0: This is a grimy Punisher for sure because every time you get a look at him, he's dirty, his clothes are dirty, his boots, which are awesome and have metal end caps on them, always filthy. This is a nasty, grimy Punisher boy. Except for the airbrushed 5 o'clock shadow. Oh, that's tough. It's a tough look. I don't know that this movie won any awards for makeup, that's for sure.
1: Another interesting thing to note also is that Dolph Lundgren wasn't the first choice for this. Uh, There were a couple other choices, but they were leaning towards Christopher Lambert, but I'm not sure why they didn't go with him or why he couldn't do it.
0: He had an injured ankle. He hurt his ankle and couldn't do it. Then they, they went to Dolph Lundgren. I'm glad you brought that up. That was something I looked into. I would've liked to see that though. I would love to see Christopher Lambert. I'd still like to
1: see him do yeah, it. Yeah.
0: I'd love to see him take a crack at this. I think he could still do it. Today.
1: Are there any like senior citizen punisher comics? Old man and Logan style. We may yet
0: get to cover Chris Lambert if we do Mortal Kombat. Oh, good point. Good point. Well, speaking of cinema legends, we have another as Jake Berkowitz. I don't know. I just called him Lou Gossett Jr. Because that's who it is. It's Lou Gossett Jr.
1: Yeah, Frank's old partner.
0: So he is the chief investigator on the Punisher murders. And he's investigating his most recent crime, where he is met by a new detective, Sam. All three had worked together on a previous case. And she wants to team up. And Lou kind of turns her down. Before that, the chief of detectives comes out and says... Jake, we cannot let the public think there is some psychotic ex-cop running around whacking off wise guys like he's got a hunting license. Why not,
1: huh? Whacking off wise guys.
0: (laughs) I don't know if you guys heard of the work print cut. There is a different version where there was a prelude that opened with a sane... Frank Castle, Lou Gossett Jr. They were doing like a drug bust and she was working Vice and she was undercover. That's why she says, I was the hooker, remember?
1: If you watch it, it's on YouTube and it plays out like a lethal weapon Riggs-Murtaugh relationship between Frank Castle and Lou Gossett Jr. And I was always waiting for Lou Gossett Jr. to say. I'm
0: too old for this shit. He might not be too old for this, but I think he's a little wasted. He's a little too good for this movie because he is making a meal out of his part, but the rest of the cast isn't really holding up their end. Beg to differ. Beg to differ. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a new boss in town. Now that Punisher has killed the old boss, his old nemesis, Johnny Franco, is back in town. Speaking of Luke Gossett, there's a great scene where he approaches Johnny Franco at the airport. He says, I'm glad you finally came home.
1: Running out
0: of bait. Speaking of Punisher, there's a good dad joke here about the chum in the waters. Yeah,
1: he says, uh, "You're actually helping me, kind of like a worm helps a fisherman." So he knows that Johnny Franco coming back to town is going to be great Punisher bait. See you later,
0: chum. <laughs> is that anything? No. Okay, I'll see myself out. The next scene we see Johnny Franco sitting down with his his little bambino at a restaurant. And just a real humanizing moment between Johnny and his son, Tommy. Franco's got some big plans that he's about to set into motion, getting all of the families together for a huge operation. The next scene we see is a really scuzzy bar filled with all kind of criminal-looking types. It's really crowded. It's stinky. Everybody's smoking and bumping into each other and playing pool. And guys, I don't know about you, but... It's been so long since I've been out in public that this scuzzy, terrible bar where people are getting stabbed made me so nostalgic and just thinking, oh, God, I wish I could pay $10 for a shitty beer in a bar right now.
1: It looks pretty appealing.
0: Hopefully all the dives can survive. And if not, they be replaced by even scummier, bummier dives. In this particular dive, we see a thespian who goes by the name of Shake. We get to see Shake shake a man down for a dollar to buy a drink and then get quickly thrown out by the bartender. As he's recovering and dusting himself off, he sees an RC car with a handle of whiskey in the back that lures him cartoon-style into an alley. We get our first real good look at the Punisher's boot. At first,
1: I thought that was ridiculous. And then I considered that if I saw an RC car with a little bottle of liquor on it ride into an alley, Uh I'd be really hard-pressed not (laughs) to check that out. At least poke my head over and just say,
0: like, you know, what's going on here? It works on our boy Shake as well. It is our friend the Punisher, and we get a really cool look at his outfit here. Up close and personal, you see they kind of, like, linger over his chest to showing you that, hey, guess what? There's no skull here. Shake is his kind of man on the street, his ear to the ground informant, and then tells him that all his old friends will be together down at the docks. Yeah, and that actor
1: is Barry Otto, and he's actually one of the few Australian actors in the movie.
0: So Ah. (laughs) there you go. The next thing we see is a couple more local boys down at the docks waiting on a shipment. And we get a taste of a couple of great accents. Some of these wise guys, they do a shout out and check the perimeter. It's like, hey, Johnny, check the perimeter, you meatball. Uh, And they go through and each one of these guys gets to do a little shout out. Hey, leave me alone! I'm trying to take a piss here on the walkie-talkie. Hey, hey, this walkie-talkie's a spicy meatball. Hey, there's no, there's no fellas here. I'm certainly not going to get killed as soon as I say over, over.
1: Speaking of spicy meatballs, Ooh. I think the first guy in this scene does get killed with a spiky ball. <laughs> and it is a spicy.
0: Yes, the shipment we see is hijacked by a gang of ninjas. And they pull up to the dock and then begin murdering. After strategically murdering all of the guards, the ninjas then commit a full frontal assault, killing guys in a variety of ways. Swords, weird spiky balls, throwing knives, a whole assortment of guns. So the Punisher, not wanting to be left out, joins in on the action as well. I don't know if this one is my favorite, but this one is the one that made me shout. The Punisher shoots a crossbow with a rope into a guy, then zip lines down that guy, killing everyone in sight. If you haven't seen this yet, while you're watching or rewatching, the Punisher, once he sets down a gun, he does not use that one again. So he'll use it multiple times, but as soon as he's done with that, he never reuses it. So there's multiple different weapons gone on through this. But the Punisher's doing a pretty great job taking out a bunch of guys. There's a very cool action scene. Most of it's just, like, kill a bunch of guys, they explode, like, shoot some guys, they flip over. But there's an awesome scene where a Punisher is running with a shotgun, shooting guys through the warehouse as he's chasing a van, and eventually that van flips into the river. That scene really struck me, the way the camera was moving laterally, chasing through, and seeing all the different layers of movement. You know, you've got the car in the back and then you've got Frank up close and then the thugs in between and like the, fighting the ninja. It's, it's just such a complex uh, shot with a bunch of moving parts that it's not something you expect to see in a low budget action movie. It's just an impressive shot. Eventually Punisher is taken out by a female ninja with throwing knives and he falls into the river and the bad guys assume that he is dead more explosions, etc., etc. The next morning, we see Frank limping his way back to his sewer base while Detective Berkowitz and Sam get some work done in the office. After Frank gets back to his sewer cave, we see him doing a little surgery on himself with a white-hot knife cauterizing some wounds. And I understand my dude has had a rough night, but he is mad sweaty. Next up, we see the head of the ninjas that had been attacking the docks the night before. It is the head of the Yakuza come to... It's a port city. They want us to think it's New York, I believe, but for all intents and purposes. There's a map later that shows that it's Seattle. Regardless, the Yakuza has come to town, and they are decided to take over. The fashion of the Yakuza ladies, the head boss Tanaka and her nameless mute daughter is just perfect and that perfect time capsule moment seeing some fashions i hadn't even dreamed about in years this is the second time in the second movie where we see a shakedown of a bunch of mob bosses in a room this time it's the yakuza come to town to tell the mafia that they are now in charge it's a pretty substandard scene she makes some threats she walks around is pretty intimidating but the thing that drew my attention the most, did you guys notice that weird oscillating door in that room?
1: Yeah, that's some bizarre engineering, insanely gratuitous for just a door.
0: It's a weird moment that seems to have no bearing on the rest of the movie. It's just like, oh, hey, we have this mock-up for this weird spaceship door. Do you want to put it in there? are like, yeah, fuck it. Go ahead. Throw that shit in there.
1: Yeah, we're flexing. We got $9 million to spend and uh, <laughs> probably $1 million went to that door.
0: The production design in the mob boss and then later the Yakuza headquarters are actually pretty cool. I don't know if they're existing structures or what, because the mafia is all stone and they have weird crucifix inlays all throughout the room. And the Yakuza buildings, everything is like shining metal and the white tile and whatnot. Very bold choices that are just kind of strange inclusions, really.
1: I feel like in the 80s, a lot of what they do to make something seem darker is to add a lot of like off-putting Christian imagery. (laughs) So you have Dolph Lundgren (laughs) praying with 40 candles, butt naked in a sewer, and you have some crucifixes on the walls and stuff like that. That's enough enough to make it a a
0: gritty movie. A heavy-handed imagery, I see. It's strange choices. I wonder now that we're talking about it, were they trying to go for a a quote-unquote comic book style, a very heightened architecture, perhaps? Maybe they just had some weird production design. But we go to a more traditional environment next, and this is the scene where we have Detective Berkowitz and Sam looking at the big board of Punisher kills. Detective Berkowitz really talking some shit about computers and what Sam would be able to do with them. And he's like incredulous, like... I've already been through this city. I've been in it, around it, on top of
1: it. name it. And he says everything except for under it. (laughs) Pointedly. You would never say that you were on top and around the city, except if you were setting someone up to say, how about under it? How about under (laughs) it? He leans over her shoulder, and I think the scene ends, but in an extra little three-second extended cut, they show the sewer lines on her map. That's where they're headed next to look for Frank
0: yeah well that's where the camera heads next to as we see frank castle maybe not uncharacteristically but instead of driving his van in this one he has a very cool junk motorcycle that he rides around the tunnels of the sewers it's a cool bike
1: it's a very cool bike i don't know if it's practical but it's a very cool bike
0: no certainly not practical but the shots that they have of him driving through there are pretty neat to look at boss lady tanaka In order to keep the mafia in line, to ensure their allegiance, informs them that the Yakuza kidnaps their children. We get a scene of a bunch of ninjas and just regular men going around and kidnapping kids from various locales. Killing nannies. Oh my god, they waxed that nanny
1: for no reason! Pulling
0: out all the stops.
1: He could have easily just come in and take the kids. She was not defending them.
0: They were little! They were toddlers! Oh, extreme prejudice, too. They
1: blasted her good. That's not going to be the last time they witness a confirmed kill.
0: <laughs> not even close. They even participate in a couple. They go around and kidnap all the kids, and then Shake comes to Punisher in the sewers to tell them that they have kidnapped all the kids. Kind of at this point that I noticed how wild the ADR was, especially on Shake, as he does these little rhyming couplets in order to convince Punisher to help save the kids.
1: Bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. I'd better get out of here on the double.
0: And what will you do while the carnage ensues? The children of the new bosses are now counted among their losses.
1: Pay they will and all for naught. The children will be sold by the slave
0: trade. see this is a result of your five-year killing spree you weakened the fathers to such degrees they couldn't protect their own families
1: well yeah you know they keep characters like this in punisher stories to to keep him grounded he has no moral compass anymore so you have this at least this guy can try to tell him <laughs> this is you shouldn't be doing this if you're gonna kill people at least do this too they don't ever touch on why why Shake knows literally everything about this seedy underbelly of the city. I guess he's just hanging around the street and just listening to hot tips, but...
0: Yeah, he's on it.
1: I mean, he knows everything. He's immediately informed. In- immediately. He knows the kids were abducted. He has rhymes prepared. <laughs> the dude is on
0: it. Dolph gets a good comedy line here. As he's driving away, he tells Shake to... Turn the lights off when you leave. This dialogue, when they wrote the screenplay, I think they had Sly Stallone in mind to be Punisher. That seems kind of like the dry quippiness that they're going for here. For the most part, Dolph's doing an admirable job. They've kind of made him look like a fool with the weird hair dye and airbrush five o'clock shadow. But I think up until this point, he's doing okay. If
1: you read reviews, everyone says his acting is stiff and all this other stuff. And I think it's maybe not stiff, but campy. And in a good way. He's this tough guy. Yeah. I guarantee... These lines are cheesy said out loud, but if they were in a comic of The Punisher, you wouldn't think twice about it. You would say, yeah, that's that's perfectly fine. That's something he would say.
0: The next thing we see, we have the bosses meeting up, trying to decide whether or not that they're going to work with the Yakuza. Everyone else agrees, except for Johnny, who says that these people are so ruthless. Tanaka had killed her own brother to take control of the organization, so there's no way that they're ever going to give our kids back our only way forward is to go to war. Unfortunately for him, he's the only dissenting voice as everyone else has decided to go along with the Yakuza.
1: Of all of the times wherever I thought, okay, a little exposition is fine to move the story along, I would really have liked to see that in a flashback of her killing her brother. Oh, it would have been sure. really cool. She was such a cool character. It's a shame that mm-hmm. they didn't get something a little bit more visceral to make her matter a little bit more.
0: When I was looking at her and when I was watching this scene, especially when she was confronting the mob bosses, I got really strong Kill Bill vibes. Lucy Liu in the room with all the other Yakuza guys, the way that she had this command and control and always had the upper hand. I wonder if Quentin Tarantino watched this movie. Or whoever, the people who wrote
1: those scenes had watched all of the movies that he'd watched, all of those classic 70s Kung Fu movies. Yeah. I do see the influence of those definitely in this movie.
0: Some parallels for sure. Speaking of kill build parallels here, that might be another reason uh, they went the way they did with casting because they were really happy with Dolph Lundgren because he had already been like a gold medalist in karate. So he has martial arts training. So he was able to do most of his own stunts and his own fight work. Speaking of stunts, the next shot we see is in the Yakuza Central Command, and they do a nice job setting the layout and giving you an idea of what the Yakuza HQ looks like. An elevator that goes up to the floor that needs to be activated with the key. And inside, there's a bunch of guys doing kendo, which is actually a real kendo school in Australia that they enlisted to be their stunt team. They also got some karate guys, and the head of the karate guys insisted that all of the stunts be full contact. So all of these guys that are getting hit, and when Dolph Lundgren's hitting them, he is actually really hitting them. If you did it, it's dishonorable to show it without yeah, me in contact. That's crazy. It does make a difference because those scenes are pretty effective. We get some cool artistic work as we see the kendo classes and see some goons moving through the different rooms. We also get to see the mute ninja daughter doing a little bit of training and seeing some of her cool tricks and cool moves in a super 80s leotard while her mother plays classical tunes on the piano. Typical ninja stuff.
1: Yeah, it was very creepy.
0: I loved every minute of it, though. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) It's for the best. (laughs) So the penthouse is also where they're keeping the enslaved mafia children. There's a little bit of tension and a quick child fight before the Yakuza enter. Tommy, Franco, son of Johnny, Decides that now is his time to fight back to stop them from taking another child. And my dude gets absolutely wrecked. And not even just once, like six times. They jack him up. But they take him away into a separate location. The next time we see the Punisher, we have a quick prelude of a really rockin' Yakuza hairband casino. That has all kind of performers, people from the ceiling, dancers in cages, more glittery leotards, circus folk. They got it all here. It's like a weird 90s Yakuza version of a uh, like a, a sexy circus circus, I guess. Does Ringling put those on? No, it's Wrongling. You know, like classic Wrongling sex circus stuff. You've got dames dancing poker everywhere machines really old slot machines and whatnot Dolph Lundgren the Punisher descends from the ceiling and starts shooting the place up destroying everything telling some of the surviving goons that
1: every day the children of God is gonna cost you money
0: continues to machine gun the place to destroy everything which I guess it was cool and everything exploded but it seems like he could have just lit a couple of strategic fires and gotten the same effect and didn't have to shoot all his bullets everywhere. There had to be a lot of innocent people there. Oh, just around? Unless the conceit is that if you're
1: in a casino like that, you're not innocent, but there had to be innocent people there.
0: No chance everyone got away in time.
1: Yeah, in in the scene, you can see uh, the line from where he drops down, and then the next shot, it's gone. question is, were they trying to trick us into thinking he jumped down and was completely fine? I mean, that's a pretty steep drop. They should have just kept the line in. I thought that he just descended like
0: uh, Mission Impossible style. Yeah, I thought he spelunked down. (laughs) Did you guys see, during this very extended sequence, because it takes him a long time to shoot the place up, the face that he is making is real disturbing, and they cut to it a couple of times.
1: Yeah, he looks distressed, and it's distressing.
0: I forgot my earplugs. This is really loud.
1: It's a lot of firepower to destroy some slot machines. But they're losing money uh, every day that the kids are kidnapped and gone.
0: $2 in cash, apparently, we find out later from the Yakuza. Afterwards, Detective Berkowitz investigates. As they're investigating, the cops also want to put on Punisher the kidnapping of the kids. He doesn't believe that he would do that and tells to Sam that he never would. And she says, well, how do you know? He says, I've got two reasons for saying that. And pulls from his pocket a picture of... Frank Castle's daughters. So that is the two reasons why he would never harm children. When Lou Gossett Jr. shows us the picture of these two girls, they needed to get my dude a manicure in the worst way. His nails were so gnarly and ragged that it made me want to throw up. They
1: were incredibly gross, dude. Incredibly
0: gross. His nails were, like, so broken and jagged, it freaked me out in a real physical way.
1: I got a screen grab of these nails. I'll post it in the
0: Slack. Throw that up in the Slack. I'm on, I'm going to brace myself. It's it's not, it's not, it's not, you don't, it's you, mm, it's pretty brutal. I think we all need a little bit of time to recover after that. Why don't we uh, take a little break and uh, see if we can raise some cash to get Berkowitz and Manny petty here. <laughs> Shake lets him know where the goons are and takes them to meet at the place. It's an old abandoned amusement park, which... I believe they're trying to pass off as Coney Island, but uh, there's just a building that says Coney Island on it. Hang on.
1: (laughs) That's actually Coney Island in Australia. They have a Coney Island. That's not a soundstage. That's legitimately Australia's Coney Island, which is actually open to this day. Well, maybe not to this day, but... So check it out. Hey, if you're listening to this, if you live in Australia and you like Coney Island, buy a gift card there.
0: Keep them running. There you go. Help them out. I did see that that building is a, a local's favorite. And they, instead of, yeah, shooting on sounds, they need to let them shoot in the building itself. We see the Punisher driving his motorcycle through the building. Another very cool motorcycle stunt that I kind of got excited about just watching them do this wild stunt that I knew they were doing for real. No way to fake it at this budget. We get a good look at a bunch of stunts here in the next scene as it was a setup, a bunch of Yakuza ninjas attack from all different angles shooting at Punisher. And I think maybe my favorite moment of the whole movie, a group of ninjas slides down a very long slide shooting machine guns at the Punisher. That was a
1: very cinematic.
0: Real quick, check the slack. Just check out
1: those fingers. Yeah. Sorry took me so. There's
0: a real chewed up. No, it's okay. I don't like looking at that, though. It's
1: not great. It's not a great No, I know
0: it's not, it's not a lot. It's not great. Like <laughs> They reshot the whole end of the movie. You couldn't get one body double to come in and hold a picture for two seconds. Give me a break. Sorry, I busted up your Coney Island stuff. So no, no, yeah, we're doing... It's a ninja fight. Great scene on the turntable. <laughs> Eventually, Punisher decides that there's too many of them. He jumps on his motorcycle and tries to ride on out of there but the ninja daughter uses a ninja tool and grabs the motorcycle, launching him off of the motorcycle in a huge crash. That stunt, I have no idea how they did, but they just really launched it. I think they really launched that man through the air. You're filming on location, so I'm guessing there was some wire work involved, but that was a big old crash, and I don't think that man was doing well after that. He got hurt big time. <sighs> Frank himself also was very injured by this and is surrounded by the yakuza ninjas and captured they quickly move to a torture scene and get punisher up on a rack that is stretching him in order to get him to talk since he will not they bring in Sheik, who they've also captured at the scene and start torturing him as well he also calls out batman
1: in the scene while tanaka's questioning him which i thought was pretty funny
0: who sent you batman Apparently the noises he was making while he was stretching on the rack and torture they had to now they did not ex- I did not see a reason why but they ha- said they had to edit them and I I don't know this is my hypothesis and let me know what you guys think about this I'm pretty sure it's because they sounded too much like sex noises
1: I can think of no other reason why and but although my question for that is isn't that what you want isn't that what you're really going for?
0: I don't know. He just makes a couple of dull moans. He goes, I don't know why they were so bad. They had to edit them, but apparently they did. I read
1: that Dolph Lundgren was so sweaty in the torture scene that his body had to be constantly wiped out. Yes. They used the word constantly. (laughs) Every time that they cut away, there's somebody. Off camera, wiping him.
0: There is a there is a beleaguered PA running on stage with a bunch of towels, swabbing off your, your lead.
1: And that's probably his first and last job as a PA. He was probably like, tells his grandkids now. I got to work with uh, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, I wiped him down for like four straight hours for a scene. It was really gross.
0: I swabbed him like a deck.
1: This answers another question I had because they show him get one off. They didn't show him get the other one off.
0: Yeah, the little
1: metal cuffs that were holding him down. But now as I'm thinking of it, if he was that slick, it probably just came right. The one just came right out.
0: Maybe. Just <laughs> just slurped. He gets out in a hurry, and then they immediately move to torture their captor, which is pretty on brand for Punisher. But what isn't on brand? Did they put
1: the high heels on him for that?
0: The man they tortured,
1: or was he already wearing the high heels?
0: yeah 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 that's my big question here
1: i'm not here to kink shame i didn't see the ankle down shot maybe he was already wearing those red pumps
0: perhaps perhaps yeah bright red stiletto pumps he was wearing for some reason i don't know but they did kill him they did kill him with those on (laughs) red stiletto heels these are the questions these are the burning questions that we have assembled here to answer this is the real stuff that the people want us tracking down Sam just threw it up in the channel, and these are definitely his size. He was wearing this for sure. I mean, it's a good look, it's really striking. A gray charcoal suit, black socks. Yeah.
1: I'm a Yakuza doctor,
0: but that doesn't mean I can't be fabulous. He's a torturer, so I mean, you're going to expect a little, a, a little sense of flair, I guess. <laughs> so we see a restaurant, a bunch of ghouls sitting around a table talking about how they're excited to get their kids back. The maid her G comes around with a bottle of champagne. Yeah? and pours everyone out a drink, and the one man says that he's not drinking tonight. And they all take a cheers for their children's safe return as the Yakuza approach with no children.
1: And no chill. No chill
0: at all. As the Yakuza tells them, all right, we're going to basically kill you now, all the mafia goons stand up who were hiding at tables in the back with their guns drawn. And then the rest of the restaurant of normal looking people of all stripes and characters and stations. There's old ladies, there's young people, there's middle-aged people, there's kids. Everyone pulls guns and waxes the Mafia Goon's protection.
1: And it's wonderful. (laughs) Just an old gal in a pink blazer with um, a a foot-long silencer on an Uzi. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen.
0: You got to give her credit. Every single one of them. There's a teenage girl who is just loving shooting these goons. They are having the time of their lives real deal on a display. Were these
1: people plants of the Yakuza before? Or did they approach people that were at this restaurant and be like, here's $1,000 and a gun?
0: All right, it's one of two things. It's either these are deep seeded Yakuza plants or, or possibly more likely ninjas are masters of disguise. Are these actual ninjas wearing outfits? Hmm, I hadn't considered that. I hadn't considered movie
1: prosthetics, and that they may just be doing like a Mrs. Doubtfire latex mask, but it has to be an old lady. I like it. I like it both ways. These are like the pink ladies of the yakuza, <laughs> the silver sneakers, pink uzis. Okay, for Batman, I wanted the prequel where we figure out what really happened to Johnny Gobb's, mm-hmm. how he got drained of his blood was it a vampire was it the bat i need to see 45 minutes like an origin for this old gal it's just like a one shot comic of where did these people come from
0: <laughs> we need these we need to follow these folks
1: it's not explained it doesn't make any sense no i need to i need to see
0: where did they come from
1: where do they go where did they come from Cotton Eye Joe,
0: a Marvel one-shot web series. We'll we'll look into the lives of these thugs. Well, we don't have to look into the lives of the mob bosses all that long because the champagne they all drank and toast was poisoned, so they all keel over in death, except for the one man.
1: Oh yeah, that guy who didn't drink. Was she just timing her entrance based on the the speed with which that poison activates? Because they only really start dying once she starts uh, running her finger around that glass. She just knew how long it would take, and that's when she was timing. Just perfect timing. And she would wow. do that. Maybe there's some auditory exacerbated poison. Hey, these,
0: for effect, we'll need to show them for six seconds, so I'll need at least 22. Okay, go in. Three,
1: two, one. Okay, ten, nine, eight, seven. Okay, now I can start with the...
0: the glasses. There you go.
1: I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. And not that it's just some ancient ninja secret that you can kill somebody with the sound of crystal.
0: These are actually apparently supposed to be hand ninjas. Mm. The, the Marvel Yakuza. They never really mention it. But they reference it in some of the other materials as they're supposed to be the hand. I guess they didn't want to like bring it too far into that comic-y realm. I don't know. And then is the mafia the Magia? probably we get to see the final execution Tanaka pulls out a giant gun from the last man's holster and puts it in his mouth and one of the two really really I don't know if like graphic but alarming maybe scenes of guns being put very far into these people's mouths before they're executed
1: that's not the last time you see that in this movie
0: no it comes up again It's very visceral, and I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it's quite effective. The next thing we see is the Punisher stealing a bus in a really fun scene where he drives away with a bus, and there's an old drunk man asleep in the back. He goes, hey, you missed my stop. (laughs) And then Frank gives him a a free ride ticket, which I thought was just great. He's no stranger to civil service. He's a cop. See, there you go. He knows the struggle of the working man. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he needs that bus in order to rescue All the kiddos, because he's finally found out the location from the man they tortured. So we see Frank infiltrating the complex, killing a couple of guys silently, and rescuing most of the kids, except for Tommy and Kathy. So Punisher goes back in in order to rescue those guys. He finds Kathy and Tommy, but the Yakuza catch up to them. The fight ensues, and Tommy is taken by the Yakuza as Frank has to leave with all the rest of the kids, and a bus chase ensues.
1: I have written down here, uh, the Punisher drives a bus full of children Mm -hmm. directly towards gunfire in (laughs) what could only be an attempt to make them accessories to murder, which is the, the vigilante version of taking your kid to a prostitute to lose his virginity. At no point in time does he try to evade these people. (laughs) (laughs) He's driving directly towards them. He's doing (laughs) the most offensive driving (laughs) you could possibly do. And then there's that Yakuza guy who jumps onto
0: the side of the bus and then tries to climb in, I guess. He was foiled by two children who peel him off the window and send him to his death with real and noticeable glee. And guys, I think they might have killed a man on this take.
1: Yes, I think a real man might have been killed. It was brutal. Two children murder a man, and do you guys think that this falls under the Frank Castle doctrine? Oh, that was a, a pun on his name and the Castle doctrine. Someone tries to board somebody, you. Yeah, yeah,
0: you can you repel them with you them. Can kill them. Judas' or force. <laughs> Did you guys catch the lady working in the burger stand as the bus went by? There's some dangerous stuff going by and gunshots, and you can see her throw a a bunch of stuff in the air and duck down. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah,
1: that's great. And then is that right before or after he runs those two humans, or five humans because there's three in the back of their van, into that pest truck that explodes? (laughs) Which is a great sight gag because on the side of the truck, on the side of the van, it says, Pest Problems? He's done it. He's solved the pest problem. They show a little ironic advertising on the side of the bus. It says, uh, child sponsorship helped me. And they're talking about selling these kids into slavery. So I'm not sure if that was on purpose. It
0: is poignant. The bus has to be stopped. There's a police barricade, and he slows the bus to. He does a cool bus move, and all the kids come running out. He carries out the last child and is eventually arrested. But it really looks like he's used a human shield so they don't shoot him. With Frank in custody, Detective Berkowitz, and he have a showdown. This is actually the first time during filming that the director allowed Lou Gossett Jr. and Dolph Lundgren to meet so that he could uh, have like a genuine meeting. But apparently they actually got along pretty well because they they started in a a movie, I believe, the very next year.
1: That's got to be like the best scene in the whole movie. Hello, Frank. How you been? Busy. Well, I know. Followed directly by my favorite line whenever he says, What the fuck do you call 125 murders in five years? Huh? And Frank says, Work in progress. That's
0: awesome. What's also as awesome is uh, we we see Johnny Franco in his son's room as he's watching the news, missing his his wayward child, and Tommy's room is the epitome of, like, 80s school. It looks like they just took Big and put it in a child's bedroom. The styling had all kind of spaceships and planes and stuff. It looked dope. Some blank check stuff there. It's kind of what my bedroom looks like now. <laughs> <laughs> the cops are moving Frank from his holding cell to a more secure location, and in route, the truck is attacked by the mafia, and they kidnap the Punisher to have him rescue tommy and they kidnap lou to ensure that the punisher will do what they ask and they got hold of lou for about i don't know five minutes about 15 seconds (laughs) he does the old i gotta pee are you gonna are you gonna take my paint my my wang out for me are you gonna put are you gonna put my penis
1: in your hand (laughs) 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 the oldest trick in the book are you going to handle the equipment for me
0: trick of the book it works and lou makes his escape as he's leaving he knocks out the guy who was coming back with pizza and in another awesome ad moment he knocks him out and then reaches down and grabs a slice on his way out the door
1: oh another great quip though before he does knock that dude out uh to escape he says Uh, can i ask you a question what an iq test required for this job no And then he punches him out, and he says, "I didn't think so."
0: <laughs> so Frank and Franco, after doing some convincing and a little bit of threatening, they agree to go together to take on the yakuza. Uh, and we cut to the yakuza bosses in some sort of wild geisha nonsense that I don't understand, and I don't care to know any more about. In the basement of the building, Franco has found out how to get in and about the secret elevator. So they're planning their attack. They've got Shake in the basement with the detonator to set off at five and 15-minute intervals. The Punisher and Franco take out a couple of goons and get in the elevator and head up to the
1: Yakuza's floor. While Frank's trying to explain to Shake, he says, Five minutes, push the first button. All right. What's that gonna do? Blow out the lights. Fifteen minutes. You hit the second button. What's that gonna blow up? Everything else. Fifteen minutes doesn't seem like a whole hell of a lot of time to do everything that they need to do.
0: It's a tight sketch.
1: Like, what if the elevator takes a long time? What if the elevator stops on every floor? <laughs> There's walkie-talkies in universe, right? Couldn't they have been like,
0: now blow up everything? Now. Yeah, take I don't know. Hey, man are we timing it? Well, you had to have it on a timer so we can build a little tension and have a little hijinks mm-hmm. later on. There's a pivotal moment where the mob boss offers Punisher a bulletproof vest and the Punisher declines for some reason. <laughs> he likes to stay mobile and maybe I guess he's wishing for death as well. So maybe if he gets killed, killing bad guys, it's a win-win for him. He wants to go out on his shield. You know, I'm taking care of business right now. If I die, this is great. There you go. If not, also great. This final scene here is actually pretty fun. There's some cool mechanics. uh, When they turn the lights out and it goes into emergency mode, there's lots of shooting. Punisher pins a guy to a wall with a big spear uh, Mm. in a really slow, very brutal. To that horror movie aesthetic, he very slowly stabs this guy up. Shake gets to do some antics with the detonator. Is that after?
1: He goes into that room full of those dudes with swords.
0: That was the very first thing that happens. Oh, we can't... That's no that's that was after, yeah. I miss. I forgot about that.
1: Never bring 17 swords to an automatic machine gun fight.
0: That's it. <laughs> well, they, walk, they they hit every single one. Then you get back to the uh mute lady fight. That lady, she's always throwing her earrings at everybody. That that fight between her and Dolph is brutal. I was shocked earlier to see the bad guys punch a kid in the face, but to see Dolph Lundgren just wailing on this gal. I was like, Whoa, this is for real. We get a cool scene where Shake has to push the detonators. At first he drops it down a well and instead of being able to grab it, he uses the knife to push the first button. And then for the second button, I guess the knife wouldn't reach it, so he had to use a very big gun and shoot the detonator, which of course works just like pushing the button.
1: You, you mean it wouldn't work?
0: I never questioned it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. He pushed a button with a bullet. Well, we see lots of shooting and lots of dangerous scenes here. I feel like some of these stunts are pretty crazy. We get to see the mob boss take a full burst right to the chest and uh, pop right up and kill those guys, which was a pretty cool scene watching the impact of the bullets and him just falling straight down on the ground like a sack of taters. was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, he really shows the utility of a bulletproof vest, but the Punisher don't need that dang thing.
0: It comes back to haunt him a little bit later as we see Franco in a standoff between the leader of the Yakuza and she's got her knife to young Tommy's throat and instructs the mob boss to put the gun in his own mouth again, disturbingly far into his mouth to kill himself because then maybe there's a chance he lives and if you shoot me or try to shoot me, I guess I will definitely kill your son. It goes so deep yeah i was really deep in there very disturbing before he gets the chance to take any action though punisher flies in through the screen door hits her right between the eyes with a knife saving tommy in one last gasp as he's basically spent himself and falls down on the ground saving the son and leaving franco with an advantage and in the final moments Franco, instead of leaving Punisher to live, decides that he's going to kill him, I guess, to seal up the loose ends and make sure that he cements his position as the number one head crime boss instead of just walking away with his son. They struggle again, and eventually Punisher shoots him around the vest, killing him in front of his son. Young Tommy picks up the gun and is going to shoot him, and we get that classic 80s trope where the main character puts the gun against their own head and says do it, pull the trigger, kill me uh, and uh, he doesn't and Punisher escapes dressed
1: in the nick of time. In the originally filmed ending, it ends with Frank stabbing Gianni in the back and they thought that was like, too dark of an ending mm-hmm. so they made it happen during a struggle so it doesn't make Frank look like a, the absolute bad guy in that scenario.
0: He had done so much to like say and saw how how spunky this kid was and leaves him with that. And he was like, you're a good kid. I hope I don't have to kill you, which is very fun. And also reminds me a lot of that final moment in uh, kill bill with the young girl in uh that famous knife fight scene. He says, you're a good boy, Tommy grow up to be a good man because if not, I'll be waiting. Nice. Ominous shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was cool.
0: He pieces out and escapes before Detective Berkowitz is able to capture him. Uh, then we get another very cool scene of flying through the sewers, and we get the perfect bookend of this movie: Dolph Lundgren's naked, sweaty, dirty bod and his pendulous ballsack protuberances. His ballsack, yeah. And that's it. End credits. We get that cool theme.
1: Yeah, great, great bookends. Testicles are.
0: Perfect. Ball Sacks are the perfect bookend to any movie. This one, I thought, was great. (laughs) And I think, for me, if you like action movies, this one was right up my alley. Now, this is not just an action movie. This was also a comic book movie. So let's go over some of the differences, some things that made it across, some things that are translations, and things that are total fabrications. In a segment we like to call The Comic Convergence.
1: Where Punisher meets the comics, I meant to mention this before in his flashbacks, when he's in his bed in his holding cell, you get to see his kids uh, in their pajamas shooting little water guns at him, and they're wearing their Spider-Man pajamas. He showed up first in Spider-Man.
0: A little homage.
1: I don't know if... To- it's, it's my time to air my grievances and, and uh, say what I liked, but uh, as far as relating this to the comics... If his name was Ben Gibson and they never said the word The Punisher, it would easily not be a Punisher movie. They could have called it The Revenger. They could have called it anything they wanted. They didn't really do too much <laughs> to make it link to the comics, except that he's a dude out for revenge and he wants
0: to kill a lot of people. But I love that. I think it's a great action I, movie. I feel like they actively tr- tried to distance it from the comic. But And I agree. It, I think it is a, a, a wonderful action movie. But a comic movie? I don't know. It's hard to say if that's what they were even going for. Stan Lee was on board and, and fine with the making of this, but in retrospect, he said it was kind of violent, but at the same time, that's kind of what a, he kind of said. That's what a Punisher story is. It's violent. The, the tone, at least, of the Punisher series, I think they kind of get that the broodiness and that kind of brutality that Frank doesn't really care. And you get that relationship, Sam, like you mentioned earlier, with someone like Microchipper, in later movies with Rebecca Romijn, that kind of grounding personality that's really important. It's what keeps these characters from, while being antiheroes, to actively transitioning into villainy. Uh, and I think they got that kind of tone just right here in this in this adaptation. Yeah, the, it's just odd that the character you
1: use to ground him into humanity is this drag of society, outsider already, but he does have that moral ground. He seems to care about Shake's opinion. There isn't much actual basis from the comics for this movie, uh, but if you want to check out some Punisher comics, I would recommend Punisher Warzone by John Romita and Klaus Johnson, which is the best, most 90s representation of the Punisher available to human eyes. But if you want to see um, some, some more of the original Punisher runs, I'd recommend checking out any of the Garth Ennis runs. And speaking of Garth Ennis, if you want to see some real, grody, nasty business, you should check out Punisher Born, which goes deeper into Frank's past, into the Vietnam War. Be warned, though, because that one is extremely graphic.
0: I'd say an interesting place to look for Punisher uh, content, and one my favorite in recent times uh, during the Civil War and Dark Reign arcs, there was a lot of really good um, Punisher content when a lot of the good characters were now underground, like Frank has been this whole time. There's a, a very cool moment, I believe it's in Civil War, where Captain America and Frank are have a confrontation in the underground. And basically, uh, Frank he, I gets to put uh, Cap in his place a little bit because he's like, oh, well, now you're down here with me. That's a pretty cool take on things when the the heroes become the rebels. If you're looking for just a really fun Punisher one-shot, I suggest
1: Punisher kills the Marvel Universe. Which is exactly as advertised.
0: <laughs> well, as far as good stories go, unfortunately, critics and audiences did not think this was one. On Rotten Tomatoes, we've got a 28% score on the tomato meter a 32 percent score on the audience score i don't think this made a whole lot of money it was actually never received a theatrical release i don't believe because they were kind of worried that it wasn't going to be a hit so they didn't want to put a whole lot of thump behind it
1: it never got a, a theatrical release uh nationally it did internationally oh okay
0: Yeah, so yeah, this one, not a a big critical hit either. Um, A lot of different websites kind of just say that it was just uh, typical stuff. Now, to me, not having seen this and kind of getting a fresh take on it, it seems to me to be kind of just a fun action movie. It's stupid, but it, it's kind of on par with a lot of other things I have seen, and some of the production and some of the shots and stunts really kind of elevate this over just any kind of old junkie so I think the critical reception is a little low, but it's not a great movie. Imagine
1: if they had twenty four million more dollars like Batman had <laughs>
0: they wouldn't know what to do with it
1: do you think that they were targeting a campy movie campy comic
0: movie I think they're actively trying to not right i think they were trying to make a movie in the style of the times like a like a commando or something like that yeah um, it's it's more like this property
1: it reads more like this is my version of the terminator the punisher than like my comic book movie the punisher exactly i think they achieved that
0: yeah it's kind of got that horror movie feel similar to the original terminator
1: also one thing i didn't mention is the kill count Oh, Uh, we brought it up earlier. If you watch, there's a video on YouTube by uh, Jaws Unleashed 974, and he has a quick cut of all of the Punisher kills in the movie. He may have granted Frank Castle one or two more than he should have, (laughs) uh, but he came up with 76 on-screen kills. And if you add that to the 125 over five years that happened before the movie, that means Frank has killed 201 people. My boy been
0: busy. And there's plenty of more movies to come as well. We've got two not quite sequels, uh, more so soft relaunches each time to come, and they will fall beneath our purview here, so we will be covering those in depth.
1: Also, the aptly named Stephen Wacker, the Punisher's editor as of 2017, has given the Punisher an official kill count of 48,502 people, counting from his first appearance all the way to present so, whew, Frank and this guy's last name is Wacker. <laughs> could it be more
0: <laughs> Sam, I could see you bubbling on Mike I didn't know what it was, you're just sitting on that Wacker, and that's what she said <laughs> alright, so we are right about the end of this show, so i like to ask you guys a question, a question that we ask every episode, is who's your hero and who's your villain? Now, your hero doesn't have to be necessarily a hero, and your villain doesn't necessarily have to be a villain, but we'll go one at a time telling who we loved and hated in this movie. I'll start with the hero. I think
1: that the unsung hero of this movie is, has got to be Sheikh. He literally knows everything. Everything, every goings on with the mafia, the Yakuza, nothing gets past this homeless alcoholic and he's wonderful.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm with you that the cast of this movie is incredibly stacked. There's a lot to grab onto here. I'm going to start with my villain in here and it is a villain this time. I didn't really hate any roles here, so I'm going to go two kind of positive ones. My villain is definitely the, the mute adopted American ninja daughter. I love her moves. She kicked Punisher's ass two times until she was eventually killed on screen brutally, uh, which I think was a pretty bold choice, but I, I did enjoy it and was shocked and screamed when it happened. But she was great, silent. She threw in earrings as knives, and she's my villain for this one.
1: She was really cool. I have two villains. I'll be quick. Number 1 villain is whoever thought it was really cool to get a shot of Dolph Lundgren's ballsack. <laughs> uh he's just a villain of villain of my optical nerves. Oh gosh. Uh, but villain in movie oh. has got to be that old broad with the like 4-foot pig iron. Oh hell yeah. Uh yeah, I need to know more about her. I I have to know more about her.
0: Give you a And that's show. all there is to it. She is a hero. That is great. Guys, I think the overall winner of the hero is definitely Shake because he's my first choice too. But I think I'm going to go with uh, Detective Jake Berkowitz and maybe even just Lou Gossett Jr. for his acting, his performance, I think is like far and away above anybody else in this whole cast. He really brings like a level of emotion that I did not expect to see in this movie. And it was a, a real refreshing. I, I wish he had more. Not to do, but I just wish, you know, I I could have seen him again in another movie like this um, in a sequel. um. But he was he was great.
1: The great point about Batman is that it's a Joker movie, not a Batman movie. I wish that Lou Gossett Jr. got most of the screen time. I wish it was his movie that The Punisher was in.
0: I think it would have been a better movie because if because like you said, I mean, Dolph is great at what he does. He's great in the action scenes. He's brooding but he needed, he needed more to play off of. I think the decision to kind of keep him and um, Punisher and Berkowitz separated kind of is a detriment to the movie because their chemistry is good. And I think they could have pushed that a little bit more. I guess they're making decisions based on that idea you guys mentioned earlier about how they cut the flashback sequences from an, a scrapped prologue. So maybe that was the intent earlier to show that and in the cut, it just didn't work out that way. Overall though, I had a great time with this movie. I think that this is one I would definitely add to my action movie rotation. We can get into some wrap-up and some final thoughts now. This one is definitely going to be added to my lexicon of action movie musts. And especially having that Dolph Lundgren connection and a Punisher connection, I would definitely suggest this movie. What did you guys think?
1: I'm going to change my hero, and it's the guy who wipes Dolph Lundgren down.
0: God, the, sweat, the PA. God bless you, sir.
1: Dolph Lundgren said it was Batman meets the Terminator. I think it's more like He-Man meets mm. the Terminator. As far as an 80s chalk to the gills with puns action flick, Punisher definitely delivers. As a comic movie where you're getting a feel that this is the Punisher that I've, I've read, this is the Punisher that I love, I don't know. I would recommend checking it out, but I can't guarantee that you're going to feel like they've captured that for you. But altogether, I love the movie and I would highly recommend it to anyone who just likes popcorn action flicks.
0: Yeah, man, I'm with you there. I, I love this movie. This is certainly going to be added to my rotation. But what did you think out there? Let us know how you felt about this movie. Is this going to be a a new ad on Action Movie Nights? Is this another comic classic that you'll be adding to your collection? Hit us up at Pod on Twitter, and you can email us at nerdaplexypodcast at gmail.com to let us know. Um, did we miss something? Is there a a part that we, we glossed over? Did we get it wrong? Reach out and let us know, and we will read your responses on the very next episode, which will be a mini. After that, the next movie we will be watching, so get ready for this, will be Return of the Swamp Thing. Now, this is not the Wes Craven Swamp Thing. This is actually the sequel, the return of the Swamp Thing with Heather Locklear. So be sure uh, to check that one out. All right, well, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for checking out the podcast and for hanging out with us. Uh, We'd like to also uh, issue a very special thanks to our social media manager, Dave. You can check him out on Twitter at TheFaceOfDave. And also we'd like to thank the cast and crew of The Punisher. This was (laughs) a lot of fun, and we hope you had fun too. All right, well, until we meet again on Return of the Swamp Thing, I'd like to leave you with this. To ponder. Did they know his balls were in it the whole time?